This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your hosts are Douglas Carr and Jen Lee Sack. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of the MarTech Interview Series podcast, a series dedicated to providing marketers with unique insight from a variety of thought leaders. I'm your host, Jen Lee Sack, and we're coming to you straight from our very own podcasting studio in the Speakeasy Coke working space in downtown Indianapolis. Today's guest is near and dear to my heart and has made a huge impact on the business community, including marketing leaders and executives. I'd like to welcome the one and only Alexandra Rafado Perry from Accent on Business, an executive presence and public speaking advisory firm that teaches executives how to say what they need to say and want to say. Alex is a nationally certified speech-language pathologist who loves speaking on multiple topics related to public speaking, presence, and persuasion. And she's my coach. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited to have you on the show. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. So let's go ahead and dive right in. First of all, what is an executive presence and public advisory firm? What does Accent on Business do exactly? So we do exactly that. We teach executive presence and we teach public speaking skills. So when it comes to who are we looking for or what do we do, typically we start with um, a busy executive who's got a big presentation coming up and they really want to show up looking confident, uh, professional, savvy, and work on their overall presentation skills. So that's where we normally start. And then from there, usually what happens is, man, they go, they do their presentation, they knock it out of the ballpark and next thing you know everyone in their business is like hey what's different what did you do that's different and so uh, that person will introduce them to the to us to accent on business and we'll go in and we'll work uh, many times with the entire executive leadership team we'll do customer service um, all of those types of things within within an an organization and it's it's a lot of fun good so like Tell me what your day-to-day looks like. How do you work with these executives? Where do you go? Do you meet them at the office? Do you meet them at your office? What does your day-to-day look like? (laughs) Never the same. (laughs) So because we're, you know, we like to think of ourselves as boutique or niche, we really, no two days are the same. We don't do things exactly the same for anybody. We really pride ourselves on being able to customize our plans and our process for the individuals that we serve. So... Uh, we'll, we will travel to you. We will meet people in their offices. We'll go to the speaking venue that the person might be doing their presentation for. So a typical day might include me seeing a client one-on-one in the office, and then I might jet off to, uh, let's say, the Ritz-Charles. And I'm there working with a client, and they're doing their big presentation. I'm observing. I'm giving notes. I'm doing that. And the next, you know, once that's complete, the next thing you know, I'm doing – Uh, an entire leadership workshop series and we're talking about emotional quotient and emotional intelligence and and how do how can they improve that and be better leaders by improving their emotional intelligence so you name it we do it and uh, there's a lot of a lot of variance in my day-to-day I'm sure there is just like there are in marketers days as well 
so how does having executive presence really contribute to the internal work environment? How does it help these individuals in their day-to-day work life? That's a great question. And, and like executive presence is really elusive for a lot of people. So we we break it down. Uh, executive presence makes up for 25% of what gets people their next job, big job promotion, uh, gets them to the next level in their organization. It's really that thing that we look for in people that says, yeah, man, they're going somewhere, they're doing something. And it's comprised of three parts. It's really your style, it's your substance, or what do you know? And again, most of our, all of our clients are subject matter experts. So they've got the substance, right? The depth of knowledge, the gravitas. Uh, and then it's their character. And your character's fairly set. So where we spend the vast majority of our time is that style piece. Yeah. So let's review that. So makes up 25% mm-hmm. of where people are going to go or how people view you. Yes. Okay. Uh, and really, exe- when you think about executive presence, people make judgments on us based on our appearance within 100 milliseconds upon seeing you, right? That's primal. We can't control that. It, they, it happens before we even know it. You're being assessed in, in 100 milliseconds upon entering a room. So how you do it means quite a bit. Yeah. And the the three elements that make up executive presence. So style, substance, and character. And we've we've spent a fair amount of time on these. <laughs> so obviously I know I'm fashionable. It's fine. Uh, but style, you, you've spent a fair amount of time with me on this. It's really... Right. You know, what are your hand movements? How do you sit? How do you stand? How do you, you know, bring yourself to the table, to the room? And then from subject matter expertise, substance, obviously, like you said, these executives, they wouldn't be in the position that they're in if they weren't, on some level, experts in their field. And then character, uh, the most people have their sense of integrity or their character ingrained in them. So you're not really shaping that, but that is a part of how people see who you are and what you bring to the table. Right. And when we talk about character with our clients, we really talk about it's your values on display. And so that's everything. You know, I can walk into someone's office and get a real quick sense of what their value set might be, right? So if they have pictures of their kids everywhere and they've got, you know, Jimmy's baseball bat hanging on the wall, I know that they value family. If I walk in and it's very clean and neat and tidy and everything's picked up and buttoned up and, all right, this person values organization and uh, efficiency. You can see those things. We don't often recognize that that's what we're seeing, but that's what you're seeing is that value set. What's important to them? Will you give us some good examples of public figures who really exude public presence, in your opinion? Why? Why do these figures exude that? People who pop into my mind uh, who have, you know, who who demonstrate executive presence right off the bat. And again, I'm going to say this and I'm going to put a disclaimer on it. I am by no way endorsing anyone politically or uh, from a celebrity status, I'm just talking about people that uh, everyone would recognize as having something about them that makes them stand out above all else. So from the women's movement, you're going to look at someone like Oprah Winfrey, right? 
right? So she's got a very clear style. You know exactly how she operates, the type of language that she uses, the type of body language, movement, dress, all of those things. Her value set is clearly on display, and she's an expert in her field. Michelle Obama would be someone else that I would consider, someone who has presence in her domain. You can look at individuals like a Steve Jobs. Now, some might argue, of course, how he dresses. I'm going to let I'm going to let you make your own decisions on that one, but he's someone who carried influence by the, by uh, the style in which he presented information, the way he would control a room and command a room. That those would be some examples that pop right into my mind. Ariana Huffington would be someone else that comes to mind as just being a subject matter expert and who carries herself with confidence in how she speaks and how she says what she needs and wants to say. Definitely to your point about Steve Jobs, you can make your own assessment there. But to to a point, you know, if you not everybody has to be in a suit to have style, right? There's other style or there's other people out there who part of their style is not being in the suit. It just depends on the industry. You can still have presence as long as it's you you have the character, you have the substance, and the style is consistent, professional, but there's there's some sort of consistency there. And it, it fits the industry, right? Because the technology industry is a lot more casual than I would say finance or insurance. So a lot of it is going to play too, and this will speak to marketers, right? Know your audience. Who are you in front of? What do you know? So if I were to walk into one of my executive board meetings wearing jeans, I'm not going to necessarily convey the message that I want to convey. So know your audience when it comes to your personal style. And it will vary. It will vary from industry to industry and person to person. Um, and part of it is how you carry it, right? So if you're wearing a pair of jeans and you're not really comfortable in them, people are going to see that, right? And how you how you use your body language to convey or not convey messages. So I know your career started in speech pathologies. How and why did you make the switch to using your talents to help executives? So this is a fun story. I knew that I had the capacity and the capability and the desire to do some type of coaching. So I was in a position, I was happy as a speech pathologist. I know quite a bit about neurology, did my, was, was doing my thing. But I thought, you know, there's something more for me out there. There's a, there's a place that I could use my skills. Uh, and really, it was a quick search in terms uh, on the internet of corporate speech pathology and I found Accent on Business and Ellen the CEO is a speech pathologist herself and when I spoke with her and we talked about how we really are communication experts that's all we do that's all I know I teach people how to communicate at, at, at any level and so how do you really take the skill set that I already had as a speech pathologist knowing what I know about communication even down to how sounds are formed um, and extrapolate that at, into how do I help people just be better communicators in general? Because that's what so much of all of this boils down to. Communication is communication is communication. So it's been a fun and interesting journey to get here. Yes. Well, I'm certainly glad you made the switch. Me too. Yay. <laughs> so what advice would you give to a college student who wants to learn how to be a seasoned executive in the future? 
Do I have to limit it to just one piece of advice? No. No. So there's a couple things that I would say to a college student. And when it comes to the three elements of presence, make sure you've got your substance down. You know your stuff. Go in prepared. Uh, you're still at college figuring out your value set. So you're going to be trying on some different hats and things along those lines and developing that personal style. I would recommend that you spend time with the people that you most want to be like. Who are the people above you or around you that you really want to emulate? Look at your circle of uh, employee friends or your circle of friends in general. Who's above you that you really aspire to be to and, and be with that person. Find a mentor and be open to feedback and not just positive feedback, but all feedback. We don't get better unless we know uh, what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong. So seek feedback at, at all opportunities and don't be afraid to fail and try again. I, I say that in every aspect of life. Uh, so if I'm talking to a college student, uh, don't be afraid to fail. Uh, it, that's where the vast majority of our learning occurs. So try and then try again and then tweak it again and uh, always seek feedback uh, from individuals and learn to start self-assessing can you judge your own behavior are you able to determine is this the way I want to sound is this the way I want to look think about what message you're sending you know if you show up in a job interview in jeans or something along those lines like be able to look at your own behavior and start assessing is this the message that I want to send to people right so a couple different things there for college students self-assessing correct be open to feedback all kinds know your stuff you're there to learn so mm-hmm. know it um be prepared don't, right don't wing it that's my one right. of my phrases yeah don't wing it um I, i've heard the phrase before that you really don't know who you are until about 25 so that being said surround yourself with people who you might aspire to or who you value their value system but stay open and figure out what your character might look like and then obviously from a style perspective take cues (laughs) take cues (laughs) think about your audience who are you in front of and what are they going to expect from you right right so let's talk about body language for a second how important is body language to executive presence body language is essential to executive presence All too often, we can have the thought in our head, you know, I feel really good about what I'm saying. I I know this. I'm confident. And yet our body is giving a different message. So you might be hunched over in your chair and you're saying, I really believe this, but your shoulders are down and you're looking down at your notes and you're not conveying the message with your body that matches your words. So we teach consistency and congruency. You must have consistency between the words that you say and how you you move and use your body. Uh, I also give the classic example, you can't see me because I'm on a podcast, but uh, if I'm going to say, I really believe in what I'm saying, but I'm shaking my head no, uh, (laughs) that's going to indicate that I don't really believe in what I'm saying. And you'll see it, watch at the next board meeting that you're at, or even if you're out having drinks with your friends, watch and to see does this person's body language actually match the message that they're sending? Or politics. Oh, or, yeah. 
yeah, I'm going to steer clear of that one. But yes, (laughs) I watched for that one. (laughs) There was all sorts of body language to be seen and viewed during uh, the political debates. That's correct. (laughs) Yes, definitely. All right. So appearance and style. um, We've talked a little bit about style um, and how important it is how important the way you dress is to executive presence so obviously in the marketing world it it kind of varies there's you know designers marketers technology entrepreneurs it's a very i would say it's a much more casual environment than the traditional you know the traditional industries so what recommendation would you make to marketers specifically who still want to show executive presence but are you know we're in that that casual industry we don't we don't want to look too too far on one end and too far on the other what recommendations would you make to marketers about their style the first question i'd ask them is how do you want to be perceived Uh, So how do you want to be perceived? And who is your audience? Who are you sitting in front of? So in the marketing world, it may be that all of your peers are dressed a certain way, and that's very comfortable and natural and normal for that set. And yet you're going out and you're meeting say with me from Accent on Business. So you can guess how I might dress and how I might look just based on what I'm telling you about what I do. So if you show up wanting to sell marketing services to me, dressed in your jeans and your off-the-shoulder sweatshirt, how likely is someone, uh, how how likely is it that I'm going to take you seriously? So I think that those are the questions that you have to ask yourself when it comes to that style and be willing to flex and adapt and learn enough about the other person that you're in front of to know what are they going to expect from me? What are they going to look for in a marketing firm from me? You know, if you know that you're going to a place where it, things are more casual, then, okay, maybe you don't need to show up in that Joseph A. Banks suit, but you do need to put on a pair of khakis and a button-up shirt and everything is neat and clean and crisp and you look put together. I think that that's important too. All too often in a casual world, we look way casual, uh, extremely casual when you still should be neat, clean, crisp, put together. Yeah. So... Uh yeah so for us obviously um i would say our environment to a certain degree and dk new media is very it's casual but i mean i'm out on meetings all Mm -hmm. the time with clients i have to go to speaking events i have to go to networking events you know every day it's a decision okay well who am i talking today talking to today Mm -hmm. what do i need to wear that's going to be at least in line or maybe above that to impress them. Uh, Yeah, I often recommend to my clients dress one level above, one level above where you think you should be. So think about it for a second. 100 milliseconds is how long it takes for someone to make a judgment on you, about you. So that's all the time you have. Your dress, your appearance is such, uh, I mean, that's, that's what, it is what they see. 
That's what they're, they're going to make that initial. And that's not to say that it can't be changed. That's not to say that you can't get to know someone and uh, change your opinions or change your mind. But that initial impression is really, really important. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting. And while well, I'm specifically thinking about marketing conferences where we all get together or maybe entrepreneur community, <laughs> There's almost like perception, oh, cool guy, cool girl, like the casual lifestyle mm-hmm. or not lifestyle, but ca- casual dress, you know, still fashionable, still um, a stylish, chic, but casual, you know, if somebody walks into a suit, it's almost like, oh, well, who's this guy? Right. It, you know, so it's, it's that fine balance between finding comfortable, stylish, showing up for that right audience but also you know i I don't know it's just an interesting conundrum in our community i feel like Uh, absolutely and part of it too is when you have a very distinct style is thinking about are you comfortable in it do you wear it and own it right so that boils back down to body language and how you're carrying yourself in that moment Let's switch gears just a little bit. In the marketing world, great public speakers can make a killing and a living off of speaking gigs. Would you say that the ability to be a good public speaker and having executive presence go hand in hand? Yes. When I think about public speaking, I think about public speaking is either in front of a group of one or a group of a thousand. It really doesn't make a difference to me. Anytime you open your mouth, that's public speaking. So when I think about the presence that you have to have in order to be in front of someone or many persons, it's going to be the same. Sure, are there presentation skills and things to think about when it comes to a larger scale presentation, different ways that you're going to need to move your body, different ways that you're going to need to carry yourself or use gestures? Absolutely, that's going to be true. But Yes, they are absolutely, in my mind, inextricably woven together. You you have to have presence in order to be a speaker and vice versa. Is it a chicken and egg scenario? Do you have to have good executive presence before you can really become a good public speaker? Or I it's I the reason this question came up is you know there's people who are subject matter experts and i know they just do not have that presence i i know they don't but when they talk about it they're so passionate and and if they were just honed just a little bit i know you're so smart um if they were honed just a little bit they'd be brilliant you know um so chicken and egg you know do they need to shape that executive presence before they can really be a good public speaker. So when you, th- I guess when I think about public speaking, I think about you know the rule of ninety three seven, and that you know people really only recall seven percent of the content from any presentation that you might give. The other ninety three percent comes from your voice, your facial expressions, your gestures, your body language, all of those things. When we go back to what is executive presence, executive presence is style. What is style? Uh, Such a big component of style is your 
voice, your body language, your gestures, your tone of voice, all of those things, and and a little bit more. And you could say that for speaking too. So yes, (laughs) essentially, essentially. Okay. All right. So obviously, a whole lot of people are afraid of public speaking. How do you coach them or help them to be better public speakers? So what sets us apart from the typical uh, coach or business that teaches how to get over the fear of public speaking, we have a signature process. It's called the B4 process. And it really addresses the fear from a neurological standpoint, not just from the, hey, picture your audience naked, or if you just keep doing it, you'll get better. Um, let's let's stand you in front of a bunch of people and we'll all throw things at you when you say, um, we don't, we don't work that way. We really address it from the neurological standpoint and from, you know, what's called the amygdala and the amygdala hijack that occurs when people have a public speaking event. So when you think about the amygdala, the amygdala is responsible for your fight or flight response. And once that fight or flight response kicks in, that's part of your primal brain. And we really have no control over it. We, the good thing to know or the important thing to know is that we have our rational brain. And our rational brain and our primal brain are opposable systems. They can't work together. So if you've got one engaged, it shuts the other one off. So our B4 process engages the rational brain, shuts off the primal brain. So you can go on and do the things that you need to do to be thinking about the executive presence or presence for your for your public speaking the b4 process in a nutshell is breathing which is essential for good oxygenated blood flow to so you can do the thinking that's required um, you've got to burn off the excess energy or and people will call it anxiety but i call it energy uh, they'll burn off that excess energy that's created by the amygdala's response so it doesn't show up in mysterious ways like uh, pacing back and forth across the stage or flicking your pen or playing with your jewelry um, we teach uh, a very specific formula for or a specific way of uh, creating a mantra and that's essential for in- keep keeping that rational brain in thought and then we also use a portion if you've ever heard of Amy Cuddy and her research on the power pose we use the power pose because that's a teeny tiny life tweak that actually makes uh, differences in your hormones and why would you not do that why would you not do a tiny little thing to tweak yourself so you show up as the person that you want to be yeah that's a and we've spent ton of time on that process and I think since the first time I was introduced to the B4 process I've given what I would consider probably four talks or speeches or whatever and I've done that process and the first time I did it I would I would if I had to quantify how much better it went at least 50% better than the last time I talked that's fantastic. Well, yeah. I, I can't beat testimony like that. And the thing with the before process is that the more you do it, the more it becomes a default pattern for your brain, right? So when you think about neural pathways and how our brain is you know, connected, we have we can we have plasticity, the ability to create new pathways. So by learning this system, you're creating a new neural pathway, and you can um, effectively train yourself to be better, right? To to shut that response off faster. Yeah, and I mean, all of the steps are important. You can't you can't pick and choose. The big one for me, so I you know, breathing obviously mantra, 
yes, I, I have those on a daily basis. But the big one for me that I never thought about was burning off that excess energy. Mm-hmm. If I like literally walk down a long hallway and walk back and do those neck and shoulder rolls, I feel so much better. I'm like, oh, come here. Well, I can take on the world now, (laughs) you know? Right. So our bodies have a set point for energy. And if you don't burn it off, it's going to show up. Again, I'll point you back to that board meeting where everyone sat around for two hours talking about marketing, whatever it might be. And next thing you know, you know, Joe next to you is tapping his pen and can't stop. He's got energy built up. You have to get rid of it. So it will... um, you have to get rid of it so it doesn't show up. So it doesn't sneak out in ways that you don't intend for it to. And oftentimes it's sneaking out and people don't even realize it. They yeah. don't see it. Yeah, and my my life hack for that one is if I just put in my earbuds and put on my favorite song and walk down the hallway, and I, it's my favorite song, then mm-hmm. I just strut down the hallway and it makes it so much better. <laughs> Burn it off. Get yes. rid of it. Walk around that car. We teach structured exercises that can be done, I always say, in a bathroom stall. However, many of our clients have found creative ways to burn off what gets built up and shot into your system by that yeah. unpleasant amygdala response. Yes, instead of the flight response, mm-hmm. running away. Yep. Well, Alex, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your unique insight with us. Uh, So tell us how people can contact you or learn more about Accent on Business. So you can reach us at www.accentonbusiness.net. And from our website, you will see a pop-up. You can contact us and schedule a chat with either myself or with Ellen. Or you can call us at 317-218-5111. And we'll be glad to take your call. We will look forward to hearing from you. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you so much for joining us for another awesome episode of the MarTech Interview Series podcast. Until next time. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.